You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 176, and I'm your host, Tom Gallo. This edition of the podcast features an in-depth conversation with Los Angeles-based songwriter Joanna Samuels. Samuels just released her awesome debut full-length Excelsior earlier this month on Mama Bird Recording Company. The songs on the album explore many of Samuel's personal relationships, with several tracks like Julie and Sonny named after particular people in her life, and places a strong emphasis on personal growth through learning from others. Recorded live to tape at Sam Evian's Flying Cloud Studio in upstate New York, the album has a very warm and intimate feel, driven by Samuel's earnest lyricism and gentle melodies. During our interview, we talked about how Samuel's late grandfather inspired the title Excelsior, how Christine Blasey Ford's testimony before Congress inspired the album's excellent second single, Nature's Way, how she spearheaded a series of benefit live streams called Abolition, and much more. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look At My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look At My Records website where you can find reviews, premieres of new music, playlists, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. All right, another episode of Look at My Records. Super excited to be here with Joanna Samuels. Your <laughs> debut record, Excelsior, is out now. Congratulations. It's out on Mama Bird Recording Company. Company. Great yes. label. <laughs> Congratulations on the release. Thanks so much. It's cool that it's out. How's the last year been for you uh, as a musician? It's been crazy for a lot of people, but definitely interesting time to be a musician, given the circumstances. Certainly. It's been, uh, I always feel guilty saying this, but it's been so necessary for me to have this time. And for a minute there, I was getting some money from the government. I was able to focus on my writing. I've always had to work day jobs um, yeah, yeah. Which has been a bit of a slog and it's made, you know, it's been, I've never had the experience of being able to just fully my have my days be focused on my songwriting and I've, I've never written so much. So it's been really important. And I've been, um, it weirdly lent itself to collaborating in a new way that I never really thought to do, which is like playing with musicians, um, kind of just in this like digital way building building songs together through email and like stuff like that it's kind of amazing you could do it yeah it's it's interesting how that has really grown over the last year because it's mm -hmm. something that people have done 
I think artists have done collaborated via email over the internet. Yeah. But now it seems that a lot of artists are really getting used to it and really thriving on it almost. It's really awesome. Um, yeah, like, you know, in the past it's been like, oh yeah, like for something kind of um, toward the end of the recording, like I know this guy who can play horns on it and he's in some, you know, some yeah. place where we are not. And But it's really cool to kind of just like, you know, um, like drummer in New York like basic tracks kind of uh far away it's amazing yeah it really is incredible so with respect to excelsior were these songs done before the pandemic was this completely recorded by the time uh march of last oh, yes. year came around oh yes this record's kind of old <laughs> we did it uh i want to say February of 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, that mm -hmm. is like two years old. What do mm -hmm. you think of when you hear these songs now, since you have a bit of distance from the recording sessions and even further distance from actually writing these songs? <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, this, um, for a while I couldn't listen to it. Um, and I've come back around, um, just a lot has changed since we recorded it and, um, recording it was an awesome experience. Um, and it was going down during a crazy time in my life. So it's kind of this surreal experience and it's weird how some of the songs I feel like predicted my future in this weird way. <laughs> Like, I didn't know exactly what I was writing about at the time. And now, like, I listen to it. and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how prescient your own thoughts and feelings can be when you reflect back on them. And it's cool to have this living document of a time in your life like that. Yeah, that it is. And it was really special to record it. it you can feel it when you listen to it. It's really cool. I like the quote you had about the songs on the record. This record is a lot of me identifying what I don't want to be. And I found that really interesting quote because so many of the songs on the record delve into different relationships that you've had mm -hmm. in your life. So I was curious about what exactly you meant by that uh, specifically. Um, I think the point in which all these songs were written, I was kind of, you know, always, we're always in a state of kind of like becoming who we're going to be. But I think I personally was at a point where I wasn't, I had never kind of been um, guided to or asked to identify what kind of life I wanted to live and what kind of person I wanted to be. and what kind of people I wanted around me and acknowledging that the people around me really do affect how I am and who I am and how I act and um, just my, my wellness in general. And I think my whole life I had been kind of just making sure that everyone liked me, you know, everyone yeah. 
I know that's a very common thing that people deal with. Um, but yeah, in terms of just kind of coming of age, I was, I was, um, brought to a place where I was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure I want to be, um, hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure I want certain parts of my, the ways that I've been living my life. I don't want to incorporate them anymore into how I live my life. Cause I want to live a better life. If that makes sense. Yeah. Totally. And, um, yeah, I, I also was kind of had been, you know, I've been a musician for a very long time. Um, I've been doing this for now, like 15 years. So I think there are certain things that I thought I always wanted that I was kind of, um, you know, touching, touching the sun of like what I thought, um, was going to be, you know, very important, um, part of my career and coming to find that, you know, when something would happen that my younger self thought was the dream come true, I kind of felt very far away from myself. Um, and not on my kind of like authenticity, my, my authenticity compass was kind of like, Bleh, what's happening? Um, and it, it made me really sad and like, it made me feel very alone. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It, the, the other thing you said in regards to the record that also caught my attention was that you were feeling the furthest from yourself than you have ever had prior to making <laughs> the record. And there's definitely a good amount of introspection and et extra extrospection dealing yeah. with these different relationships and looking at how they affect you and how others uh, act through writing and recording this record what do you think you were able to learn about yourself i think a lot of times i notice it in others and i notice it in myself and i notice um how much they affect each other in terms of like the idea of scarcity and they're not being enough for everyone and um kind of seeing it reflected um in the country i live in that you also live in um <laughs> <laughs> you know just yeah. like this um it's not just it, you can't just be for you um because when you do it, there's, you're working with so much less. And, yeah. um, I, I found that I was exploring a lot about, uh, I was exploring a lot of, I don't know, my feelings toward being a woman and being a woman in entertainment and, um, how I, I do see that women just really want to be close to each other. And so many things get in the way. Um, and I, I really longed for um, female connection during that time, and it was really hard for me. I, I have um, some very, very best friends that are just my, you know, my family, um, that they live in New York, and, you know, I was very far away from them at the time, and I was in a very um, toxic space. So I, I was kind of reaching out, just trying to, like... Um, find some sisterhood or, you know, just 
just some empathetic, um, like mutual identification, if that makes sense. And I saw that, that we're really afraid of each other and we're really afraid of, of not having enough. And that made me really sad. And I saw how that affected how I, you know, I was acting myself in, in, in terms of my career and in terms of wanting to be close to other women and being afraid of them. And, um, yeah, just wanting to not act out of fear. Kind of building off of that a little bit. So many songs on the record are titled after a specific person. And even the ones that aren't necessarily titled after a specific person seem to be about a particular person. I'm thinking like <laughs> less of you. Um, what uh. do you think draws you to write songs in a narrative style like that to seem to focus really closely on one person? It's it's a cool overarching concept to to the whole record. That's cool. I guess I, I didn't even realize that I was doing that, but oftentimes, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm making a new record and I think that might be an overarching, like, I think the titles might actually be their name. Like I'm just have songs that are like for blah, 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 for yeah. you, for blah, blah, blah. Um, it's great. I, I'm really into it. Totally. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I want to like zoom out and I, I, that's something I really want to incorporate into my songwriting more and more as I kind of grow, have a, a wider concept of reality. But, um, yeah, I think again, during that time feeling very, very just, I was not able to communicate with, with people the way that I needed to, I, or I, I wasn't, I really, um, felt very alienated and alone. So I, um, I guess a lot of these songs are just like, well, if I can't say it in the moment and I, you can't hear me, then I'm just going to have to sort this out on my own. And, um, the songs really were, you know, the vehicle for that. Um, yeah, less of you. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm into it. Thank you. A lot of great songs. Sunny, Song for Sid, Julie, Kathy. Whoa, Less you're you. so right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, Song for Sid is, you know, um, about, well, it's kind of for my friend Kyle, who um, has been a really amazing person in my life as a friend and just like an early supporter of my music and when I didn't really have much leverage to like sing out and um he runs this amazing um entertainment cup I'm not what's the word present he presents what's the word um, he's a promoter yes yes exactly <laughs> he presents he presents um, <laughs> <laughs> that's good I'm, i like that um but he has this company sid the cat and um sid was his cat he passed away and um so i i wrote this song kind of about um yeah again feeling um, this kind of ache as being an artist and how um, 
It can feel very lonely, but at the same time, when you have a place that feels like a safe zone um, to celebrate music and have a musical community, um, it, it makes me feel less alone. So I kind of wrote that song about this venue, The Bootleg, during a certain period of time in my life and kind of thanking him for making that space. Great song. What do you think... If you could identify any through lines for these songs, these relationships that you explore on these different songs, what do you think draws you to write about these people and the relationships you've had with them in particular? Do you notice mm -hmm. anything in particular inspiring you that's kind of similar across all of them mm -hmm. yeah just like kind of a, i really have a big wish and and deep longing and it it hurts sometimes when it doesn't happen but i i really just want um a um a loving community <laughs> yeah that we could just listen to each other a little more and um kind of just receive support and and be in ourselves but also step out of ourselves and um and kind of just let go of the ego a little bit and just be able to lean on each other a little bit and i think we would just be working with so much more um if we could do that and just have a little like everyone's everyone's going through stuff i mean especially now um and Last year was a wild experience because everyone just kind of went inside themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> and their rooms. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, I, I really just want to be, I want to feel close to, to people in, in a healthy, um, kind of mutually loving way and, and feel like we can hear each other more. For the, I mean, I wish that for the whole country. Same. <laughs> same, same. Same, same. <laughs> tell me, tell me a little bit about the title Excelsior. It's a, it's a really sweet tribute to your late grandfather. Uh, yeah. What type of impact did he have on you as a person and an artist? And how do you see the title Excelsior uh, representing the songs on the record? Yeah, um, he was the best. Um, I called him Guppa because I couldn't pronounce grandpa when I was a little baby and he like <laughs> took it and ran like his whole life. His email was like Guppa at like packbell.net or whatever <laughs> to like all of his friends. Um, but yeah, he was just a huge part of my growing up. He, he was a caretaker, um, to me and um, he was a very creative person and he was a very unique guy and um, he was kind of the first person in my life to um, kind of acknowledge in me that like I didn't have to be any certain way and that I was always making art you know from the time I was a little kid that he thought was worth something and he was always just so excited about who I was and um he was an amazing like graphic artist and um, he had an amazing life. He made a lot of um, 
movies and and posters and comics and he just kind of um was a little bit of like a a spring of of the idea that it could be a reality to build your life around um art and you know i was in the public school system i went to a huge high school and you know i was um <laughs> I, I i don't know like my brain just worked like a little differently so i always kind of was in an environment where it was like oh you're like not on the fast track and um i mean i i did well in english but i could i, I couldn't read fast so i was kind of just like able to talk my way around books that I didn't read and like <laughs> get good grades there and like was an AP art and stuff and choir the whole way through was just my through line of how I survived um, middle school and high school but yeah just he was such a um, he was an, a, a prime example of just he built his whole life around art and he used his brain the way that he thought worked the best and it really um was inspiring to be around and then on top of it you know everyone's a very um everyone's very flawed and and wild and he's had he had a lot of you know loss in his life and it was a yeah. complicated life that he lived but i think as a grandpa he really nailed it <laughs> he was just so stoked that I was alive and <laughs> just loved the shit out of me. And I like that was the that was the first kind of like uncomplicated love that I felt. So, yeah. Oh, and his emails, Excelsior. He used to sign all of his emails yeah. from packbell.net <laughs> with Excelsior, which means ever upwards in Latin. And I had like a bunch of titles, you know, that I would like be like, maybe this is it. This is it. I don't know. It's not right for this record. And then I, you know, he passed away um, at the probably six months before. And I was going through some of his stuff and I was like, oh, shit, that's perfect. Because <laughs> I kind of wish that for everyone. Yeah, it kind of ties into your overall message of kind of learning about yourself, moving forward, self-growth type of thing. Yeah, and that we all could like have positive change in, instead of this like battle that we're in. Yeah, it's so nice to hear the story about your grandfather because it sounds like I had a feeling that he was more than just a grandfather. It was cool to hear about his art background because it sounds like yeah. that was definitely really influential uh, on you as an artist as well. So that's cool. Totally. He rocked. <laughs> so you worked with Sam Evian on this record. He's an awesome artist. I think a lot of people are familiar with his records, but he's also a really great producer too. He's worked with Cassandra Jenkins, Anna Birch, Widow Speak, and he did great stuff with this record as well. What was the experience like working with him and why did you want to work with him on this record? I had a really great time recording this record and, and going up there. And um, he had just moved um, into his house 
um, Flying Cloud Studios, but um, it was a very um, awesome experience. And I think he was very sensitive to the songs and, and um, you know, as I often find myself in a space of, you know, lots of men, <laughs> he, he um, was very sensitive to, I think, um, just serving the songs in a very tasteful, sensitive way. And I think in terms of production, I, I heard this single, um, Sleep Easy, I want to say like years ago, like five years ago or something. And I was like, oh snap, that guy gets like my taste. And I, I always was just kind of like, he's someone that I sonically just like really identify with. And, um, I was a big fan. And then I, we connected um, I think like via Instagram, I, we had a bunch of mutual friends in New York and yeah, I kind of yeah. left right before I probably would have run into him. Um, and then we just kind of kept in touch and then he, um, we ended up playing a show together. He ended up coming out to LA and, um, staying at my place and it we just had a a friendship and um i was like we should i don't know i thought i was like if we record together like let's do like maybe two songs and he was like no let's do a record um <laughs> which was exciting um and just really fun um but yeah i think we kind of spoke a similar language in terms of plants that grow out of the beetles and stuff like that <laughs> totally and what was it like recording in a small cabin in the middle of winter um i feel like the record sounds like it came out of la it has a really nice warm laurel canyon oh, wow. folk sound to it but i'm wondering how you think recording in that kind of opposite setting shape the mm -hmm. sound of the record if at all yeah i mean i think it was very stimulating like it it just kind of like shook up um the i was able to kind of approach these songs in a way that i had never really been able to because i was writing them all in my room and living my life in la and all of a sudden it was just this very specific time and place and we were inside it was really fun and and cozy and we ate a lot of good food and stuff and um yeah i i flew my bass player out and um i came out with our guitar player and my my friend sean mullins from new york came up and it was just kind of like a very, very much like a band experience. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this next record, I think I'm, I'm going to experiment with not having it be so band focused, um, which I think will be exciting, but you know, so many of the records that I'm the most obsessed with are, you know, live band yeah. 
feeling like you're so, just in that warm room and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you recorded this live whole band in the same room. Mm-hmm. And what was that like? That's always, like you said, I think some of the best records are the best records because they're recorded like that and can capture that energy. Yeah. I mean, it was super fun and exciting and, you know, they're, they're amazing musicians. So it really wasn't, there were, there, it was, it was, um, yeah, stimulating's the word. It's exciting to just like roll and like be like, let's get it right. And you play like in this way that has this adrenaline and um, it felt really good. Yeah, you, you definitely have great chemistry with your band. You said uh, Garrett uh, Harrison is a guitar player and Sean Mullins, who's based in New York on drums. Uh, how were you able to develop that and how did you prepare then for those sessions since you're recording live mm -hmm. at Sam's studio? Yeah, um, well, me and Garrett go way back and he's played in my band for a very long time and he's a very dear friend. So we have that kind of just thing, you know, where we can just play together. And um, he knew the songs. I think we'd been playing the songs before we recorded them. so. He just was in it with me. And um, during that time, I also had been playing a lot with Harrison and um, we just kind of had like, our, our stuff was kind of locked in. And, um, and Sean was just such a, uh, he's such a swanky player. It's so sick. It, he, <laughs> there was just no problem in terms of um, that, that puzzle piece fitting in, even though we hadn't really played a lot together. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, um, Garrett and, and Harry were in LA and um, we were playing a lot of music together. So, um, you know, I, Harry was very intimate with the songs that I had been writing during that time. Um, so he knew them really well and um, Garrett, Garrett knew them too. It was great. That's awesome. I want to talk about some of the specific songs on the record now. I think Sunny is a awesome opening track, and I think Thanks. it contains one of my favorite lyrics on the album. I want to be alone more than I want to be alone with you, because I think it's so cutting in capturing that moment when you realize in like a breakup situation that, hey, this it's is over. not going to work out. So yeah. what, what were you feeling when you wrote that song? And what, what were some of the experiences that in, informed that track? Because th that line in particular really just captures that type of moment of realization, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wrote this song uh, with Christian Lee Hudson. And at the time, we were kind of hang hanging out and playing. Like, he was playing some stuff on guitar and... I was singing and he was kind of noodling and I was like, oh, what's that thing you're doing? And then he kind of was like, I want to be. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, snap. Like, you know, more than I want to be alone with you. Like, it's about that. Like, yeah. I guess that was like the first thing we came up with. We had, we were like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and then, um, 
we had that. And then we had these chords that we really liked. And then um, I went home and wrote a pass of lyrics and then sent the, sent the song to him. And then he he kind of like, um, he, yeah, he like added these amazing lines and kind of like, um, like took parts of what I was saying and then like said it in this like really cool other way. And, and then I did another pass and then I think it was um done <laughs> but i guess yeah that feeling of for me like writing that verse about um the f the fence and um like climbing this fence after that moment of like i want to be alone more than i want to be alone with you like in the darkest of of places like yes, in that yes. like pit of loss that those moments when you kind of look up and like you're like oh shit like I have this glimmer of independence and it, it's really beautiful right yeah, it's now it's a very freeing feeling yeah even though <laughs> the loyalty comes right back in and it hurts it just like fucking hurts but um the just kind of how like nature is always like there to remind you um it's in charge <laughs> and you're gonna be your person that's gonna be okay and this isn't the first time it's happened to anyone um so yeah i guess sunny this concept of you know a person but also this kind of place where things exist perfectly in your mind even though everything surrounding it is just very hard and um, lonely and scary. Um, but yeah, kind of that concept of like the North Star where you're just like, I don't, I'm, it's nighttime. I'm on this ship. I don't know what the fuck is going to happen, <laughs> but I just see this one thing and I'm just going to fucking go there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Nature's Way, another great song that really stands out to me as it's it's more upbeat. Uh, you co-wrote that song with Olivia Kaplan. Olivia, who is, yeah, She's the great. best. And it explores how, you know, women are pressured a lot of the time to hide their authentic selves. And you described writing <laughs> the song lyrically as if you're singing to a, a fictional guy in a band, which I thought was a really totally. cool and unique approach and a different way to write a song because you're directing it at a fictional character. What was it mm -hmm. like writing a song from that perspective? And have you ever written a song like that before? I've, I guess I had written songs about fictional characters, but not two. And I yeah. think it like, created this zone for us to be kind of playful or you know and like kind of like sassy like if we do have it's so fucked up the way that <laughs> that we get tossed around in this like yeah. very subliminal way and it's exhausting and it's just like yeah like so what i'm like kept in this small box like who put me here like you're doing your like 
I don't know. Guys take themselves so seriously and it's really hard to date them. But we gotta chill. <laughs> we gotta learn to chill. Y'all gotta fucking chill out. <laughs> but yeah, we we both, you know, we've both we're we're good friends, so we we knew the ins and outs of each other's um love lives and it you know, we dated dudes on the road and there's just dumb stuff that comes with it where you're just like all right like because <laughs> we're both musicians as well and it's like it's so crazy that you know those are just the roles that's assumed and it's like what if what if we were just as important like what if what if we were like completely involved in ourselves and not making space for you guys to feel like super rad um <laughs> Can you fucking imagine? <laughs> I totally agree with you. No arguments from me here. You are totally <laughs> sick. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I, well, believing myself, like, that's its own thing. That's part of the song, I think, too. Just being, like, into yourself. That's, like, its own... I, it's like a sin. And Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to... It's hard to do too it takes learning and yeah. unlearning as well mm -hmm. you know unlearning yeah. is definitely part of that too yeah and like quiet and stillness around like accepting that these are these are the ways things are like hold it for a second and that's how the unlearning can happen you know yeah i like how you titled the middle track the middle uh, <laughs> how'd that wind up in the middle of the record? Did you have that title for it and then thought it'd be appropriate to, to put it there? Yeah, you know, I didn't write it for that reason. I just, you know, was sequencing the record and doing all these different, like, oh, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this. And then I was like, oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that was like how that came about. But again, referencing just like, falling in love um and realizing that you're falling in love and you're like shit <laughs> especially with you know someone that you're like i don't know like if you you know that the bridge part like you rolled into the new city while i'm sleeping like again referencing just like yeah like you're on the road doing your thing and you're super invested in yourself and you're holding on to me and you're not letting me go and I'm falling in love with you and I don't know if you would meet me there if like if we ever had to meet in the middle like would you be there um because I'm scared um and I'm like all my you know you fall in love and you're like oh shit I'm so vulnerable now like, yes don't, yes don't hurt me don't hurt me please <laughs> I remember like sending it to the person <laughs> and they were just like, that's so sad. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess, I don't know. Like it's, it's a question. Like it's, it's a real question. I died for one, another track that really stood out to me. And it's interesting. It was written in response to um, the public plight of, Dr. Blasey Ford, 
stood out to me because a large majority of the rest of the record, you're really exploring your own personal relationships, whereas this is a song about someone you don't know personally. Mm -hmm. So I was curious about what about her experience resonated with you. And mm -hmm. even though it's not about your personal relationship, the song and its narrative really fits in well to the with the rest of the record and its overall narrative. So I was just curious how you think you were able to make it fit well into the overall narrative of the record, despite the fact that it's not about a, a personal relationship that you've mm -hmm. had. Yeah, I mean, I think every woman had a personal experience of that fucking case and watching yeah. that on TV. It was... And I hope I hope men had some sort of like aware experience of it. It's really hard to tell, but I think it's weird, you know, talking about this with you. I'm like, oh yeah, this really was how my life was going. You know, I was in a relationship and feeling very alone, and I, watching that thing on on TV and just seeing this woman get silenced in this way that like every every woman does in certain ways like and it's i just saw it everywhere and i saw how people were holding it and i also was like oh shit like all these women around me are grieving because it's it's so tangibly a problem and it's not it, it wasn't, it did not feel hopeful. It felt like just a crystallized, like, microcosm of just like, this isn't right. And this is why women are so afraid of each other. Like, we're, we're pitted against each other. And I, and I started to witness that in myself. And I started to just, that was that thing I was talking about earlier. It was just like, I just like, wanted to reach out and not for anybody that was like, you know, not actually down to get, get real about talking about shit. And so many, so many men, you know, are down for the concept and not for, yeah. not for the thing, not for like getting in it. And I just kind of hit this wall where it was like, I don't know if I'm going to be there when you're ready to talk about this because I just am tired. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have time to explain this to anybody. Like, I just felt so defeated. Um, and I don't want to justify this experience anymore. Like, or, you know, like, I don't want to talk to you because like, I don't need more emotional labor to do. Um, like it's too much. It's not even, and it's not right. And like, um, yeah. It, and then it just seeps into this whole concept of like how this capitalist nation functions. It's so fucked. <laughs> Very fucked. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was that. Yeah. Great, <laughs> great song. Super powerful song. Thank you. And that whole situation was very fucked and uh kavanaugh is an asshole yeah <laughs> how does he how does how does he sleep i just don't get it i don't know anyway 
building off of that, though, I know a lot so. of the the harmonies and backing vocal parts on this record feature contributions from several talented uh, women identifying musicians: mm-hmm. Courtney Marie Andrews, Hannah Cohen, uh, Olivia Kaplan, um, Hannah Gruber. Reed. Yeah. Oh Lil yes. Melda. Yes. Um, how important was that to you? You've you've spoken about it in other interviews as well to have all these talented women play a part with you on the record. It seems to really, in doing this interview right now, it seems to really be a part of your overall message about women empowering other women mm-hmm. that you get into in the in the songs and things like that. So how important was that for you to have them on the record and how did it come together? Um, it became super important, like as it was, you know, as these songs were being written, I, I know I've made a lot of recordings and I just kind of have always hoarded the opportunity to sing harmonies because I just love doing it so yeah. much. And um, like, I always call that recording day ice cream sandwich day. Cause like <laughs> <laughs> you get to just like sandwich all of the, you know, it's just my favorite thing to do. I'm a choir nerd. And um, I guess as it, like, I just felt like these songs were so focused in on my inner world and like, how could I preach about that without letting other voices, like, I, I just, I, I needed those voices, I guess, um, not to be mine and to be, you know, female identifying people that I really, you know, I looked up to them and um, it, it felt really good. And it, I think they all add different flavors and it's so cool. And how did that recording play out? Was this kind of like a remote type of thing that Mm -hmm. they did or did they come up to the studio uh no it was all remote um i recorded a lot of the olivia kaplan olivia gerber um lamelda um we all me and harry recorded those in la and then um courtney marie recorded them in nashville and let's see who else Oh, um, Mavi Lou, um, Louise sings on, um, close to the vest and she's just such a force. It's, she's so awesome and she's making a record and I'm excited. Um, (laughs) but she did hers, you know, with her own mic and in her room in Nashville, a lot of remote stuff, but it was all like after. Yeah. So is that hard to, to do then? How does that process work? It wasn't, it wasn't hard. It was so awesome. I mean, um, we recorded, you know, every, it seems like everybody's got their logic and their... Th- is is there like a lot of direction kind of? I'm curious about that. So it's mm-hmm. it's like when you send someone these tracks to like do harmonies on them, do you you're kind of like go crazy? Or is there kind of like, oh, we need a little bit of this or depending mm-hmm. on who it is? Mm-hmm. Um, I trusted everyone. I, That's you know, cool. Some, That's really cool. Yeah. I think that was like part of why I wanted to do it. Like I was like, I want yeah. you to like play on this. Like I want yeah. you to do your thing on this so that like 
there's a lot of fingerprints on this. Like, I, yeah. I want um, it to kind of have a life, like, feel alive when you listen to it. So I, I kind of passed it over. Um, you know, certain things, like, we would be together. I remember, like, you know, Sunny has three different people singing on it, and they're all doing different things. Um, Hannah's kind of cruising along with me, um, and then... Lamelda is comes in for certain lines. I I mean I love I love her voice so much and she has um, a great voice. Yeah, I like I felt so excited that like that um, tone got to be in there and um, I wrote it. I in song for Sid I write about um, hearing Hannah's songs like. Hannah wrote a bunch of new songs and I listened to them for the first time at the bootleg and it was just really like an you know their music means a lot to me so yeah and then and then A.O. Gerber at the end is doing like ah, kind of stuff and it's just Beautiful, it's yeah. cool they brought it to life it's awesome I love how you end the record with Kathy, which is this really intimate piano ballad that seems to uh, specifically address the death of a loved one and processing grief. What was it uh, like writing and recording uh, such an emotional and personal song? And as far as the decision to kind of keep it just your voice and the piano really bare bones like that, what went into that decision to keep that song as... A more of a stripped down song. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that that was a, a a real doozy of a situation, and I think um, I know a lot of people can relate to losing someone to suicide. Um, and I am like, you know, I I think of her every day. Um, she she was an amazing person and. Um, she, she was a geologist. So, um, we met in New Mexico, um, actually, um, in the place where I saw the big fence and the sky and stuff like oh, that. Oh, wow. Sunny. <laughs> um, but I would find all these awesome rocks all the time. And like, we had this, you know, we, she could tell me everything about every rock and like why it looked the way it did. And she just knew she was just so in touch with the earth in this way, you know, she was a scientist in this way too. Like her mind was just gorgeous. And, um, she just really tried to be here and she, she couldn't, she didn't like it. <laughs> it was too hard. And, um, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people, like, I've heard people go, like, you know, suicide is a very selfish thing. Like, you can't, like, you know, people have different stances on it. And I've, you know, definitely been in dark enough places in my life where I've thought about that seriously. And um, I don't think anyone can, can pass judgment on what it's like to be in anyone else's mind when um, that much pain is is possible um and i kind of just was reflecting on on how to just exist knowing that she wasn't here anymore and that 
I could feel her all around me. Um, and that even that made me sad because I knew she was in so much pain that I just wanted to let her know that like she can like go and like yeah. Um, yeah, that like I, I was so sorry that it was so hard. And um, I wrote the song really fast. Um, and I was really sad. But, <laughs> you know, by the time we recorded it, it was obviously, I mean, even listening to that song now and having to play it now is tough for me. Yeah, I'm um, sure. It's a really personal, uh, sad, powerful song. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, again, speaks to Sam's um, ear and sensitive um, nature in terms of like how to how to take care of a song. And like, um, you know, the whole again, we we're saying the whole band. It was just so bandish yeah. <laughs> the whole record. So this was the only track on the record um, we recorded somewhere else. Um, it was just me and Sam. And um, we went to his neighbor, Eli's house, who had um, this piano, and um, we just recorded it there. And um, that definitely is um, a very special experience, like, I, in terms of um, a friendship, like, that meant a lot to me that he could, you know, do that with me. And, uh, yeah. That song is a, is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Was it ever a type of song that you considered putting together with the full band? It seems like it's so personal and the lyrics really resonate that doing that would kind of take away from it almost. I'm wondering mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think we discuss like oh like maybe like strings at the end or like something but then you know i every recording i have of it like every time i've ever played it um it's been alone and actually the few times i did play it with someone i remember like um really being out of touch with my playing and it wasn't um it wasn't good <laughs> i mean obviously it wasn't yeah. like you know, horrible in the way they were playing or anything. I just think that song needs to stand alone. Absolutely. And I think that's, it's best served that way for sure. It's a really great way to end the record. Well, thank you. So this album, it's a lot about self-examination, compromising with those you love and a lot of other topics that seem to relate to personal growth. And earlier you kind of talked about how you feel like you've grown after writing and recording this record. With that in mind, what do you hope people take away from listening to this record? I guess hope I hope that they identify with some of the, the patterns I'm talking about. Um, and like maybe they could identify within themselves, you know, some similar feelings. Because I can't imagine people aren't feeling lonely. And um, I really hope that people see like oh like it could be so cool to like lean <laughs> yeah um that's all i want tell me a little bit about the abolition concert series that you were instrumental in putting together it's really 
great series of live streamed concerts. Awesome. How how'd you get involved with that? And uh, t just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess during quarantine, as the election was encroaching, I you know became just like. <laughs> so anxious and scared oh, me too. yeah it was um, <laughs> it was crazy yeah, hard I to hold i couldn't like sleep yeah i couldn't i, I was couldn't sleepless. do anything for like a week over a week it was crazy yeah um and you know as the months were getting closer i was getting very um anxious and you know i had been practicing sitting in a lot of stillness that year and um i just needed to put my anxiety somewhere. And I started to put together this, um, I was like, what if we, cause you know, I used to sometimes put shows together with Sid the cat, um, at the bootleg or wherever. And, um, I emailed Kyle and I was like, would you be down to like, do this digi like <laughs> that way? <laughs> <Did> like, <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, yeah. I'm going to use that as short for digital. <laughs> yes, Go yes. forward, nice. <laughs> And so then I just started, then I was like, oh, like sky's the limit. They could live anywhere. Um, and I wonder if they would talk to me. A lot of people, it was, um, it was really cool. But I ended up putting together this thing for Fair Fight, um, for Stacey Abrams, for Fair Fight. Yeah. And that was like very homegrown. Um, and it was just me, um, and Kyle helped find some people and my manager, Pete too. And that ended up being like a fun way to start. And I, God, I don't even remember when that was, but I feel like it was like in early summer, um, August, late summer. I don't know, whatever. Then I did another one, uh, with Ben Lee for the georgia wow really cool. that's awesome yeah and that was like bigger than the last one and it you know more people were involved so like it went a little smoother um i was still like editing it all together and i like you know uh like one of the videos was left out and i was like ah! but <laughs> then that went well and then my friend jolie holland after um we we won the runoffs um i was like maybe i need a break for a while and then jolie uh texted me was like i'm doing this thing with this like this group called abolition apostles and like we want to like help people in angola and um you've been doing this thing like want to show us how to do it and i was like sure i mean i don't know how i don't know what i'm doing but <laughs> i'll continue to just <laughs> keep doing that um and then we started you know just like constant stream of like what about this person like oh shit, that's awesome let's make a poster let's do this thing and then um that came together so i think it's just really born out of anxiety <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you have to do something that's good though so anxiety <laughs> is good for something you know yeah i mean i could sit and be anxious about myself which you know I'm sure I do my fair share of, uh, let's be honest. But like, you know, at some point it's like, we're anxious because of our environment and like, we live in a fucked up country and there's so much we could do. Like, and there's so much I wasn't doing. And that's part of why I felt like shit. And 
um, it's nice to just like, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm doing anything that isn't like it, we're using our music to, to help. So yeah. it's, it's great. It's fun. Yeah. And it's community. So, community, super important to you, which is awesome. And it should be mm -hmm. super important to everyone. <laughs> community is super important, people. <laughs> Listen up, people. Listen up. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to play two songs from Joanna's brand new record, as we've mentioned it's called Excelsior, and it is out now via Mama Bird Recording Company. You can get a copy on limited edition red vinyl via Joanna Samuels. That's J-O-H-A-N-N-A-S-A-M-U-E-L-S.bandcamp.com. We're going to hear Nature's Way and Song for Sid. It's not like 
All right, we just heard two songs from Joanna's brand new album, Excelsior. We heard Nature's Way and Song for Sid. Again, everyone, you can get a copy of the record on limited edition red vinyl via johannasamuels.bandcamp.com. Now, we're going to play some records and talk about them. I got to say... Right off the bat, these first two selections are in my top ten are you favorite records of all time. Yeah, so oh shit, so you did a good job. Oh yay, <laughs> I pass. <laughs> Starting off with uh, <laughs> "Guiding Light" by Television off of their, you know, incredible, incredible yeah. record. Marquee Moon <gasps> is, I mean. I never get tired of listening to this record. Mm-hmm. Me neither. Tell me, yeah. A li- yeah, tell me a little bit about why you picked this track. Um, well, I think it's a perfect record. Um, I it came it, I came across it kind of later in my like teens, um, and you know, I I think. If we were going chronologically, like, you know, I was very into the strokes when I was a kid. Um, and when I heard this record, I was like, oh, this is a, <laughs> is a tight, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, their band is so tight that, like, and the way that record is recorded, it taught me, like, kind of how you should be playing in a band. Like, you could hear you hear the bass line, you hear the drums, you hear every part of that record and that band. Um, and it was just like, this is what rock, this is what rock and roll is like. Um, and they're tender too. Like they're really punk in this, like, you know, they're so, they're so, um, rock and roll hot <laughs> yes super hot super like, hot like i was like oh um this is badass and then lit and then you know the record is is really um it's dark but it's also like again guiding light that kind of concept i hearing i i also associate i was torn between this and ballad of el Goodo, where that kind of concept of like this mid-tempo ballad in the midst of this like very rock and roll record um uh and then exploring something so tender um with these like really like serious dudes yeah super (laughs) serious rock hard dudes and then like kind of saying like i am exploring like life hurts and like i'm i'm just kind of like again that thing with the north star like um the lyrics of that song um fucked me up when i heard that um as a teenager and um Cause yeah, in your teens, you're also taking yourself so seriously. It hurts so much. And then, um, that the, it's so poetic the way they write. Um, 
Like there's this line, um, like, tell me who sends me these infamous gifts to make such a promise and make such a slip. Like, killer. Totally so, killer. Like, my brain just died. And um, yeah, that record, like, it, it got ta tattooed on my heart at that, at when I heard that song. So, yeah, it's really an experience hearing that record for the first time. Yeah, I'll never forget. Yeah, me too. <laughs> And after television, this is my favorite band, and this is my favorite record by them. So, Yola Tango, the record Painful, Ugh. and the song The Whole of the Law. So, Yola Tango, very near and dear to, to my heart, because I, I loved going to mm. Maxwell's in Hoboken. That was their home club yeah. for their entire career until it yeah. closed unfortunately about so eight sad. years ago yeah i loved that place but tell me about why you picked the whole of the law painful i think my favorite record by them definitely mm -hmm. um 100 I, I like it's kind of it to me in their entire discography it's really when like a big transition point for them, I feel like yeah. when they kind of started out their first five or six years as a band going through <laughs> like 50 different bass players and then yeah. finally finding James McNew and then getting mm -hmm. a little more experimental, kind of like branching out from what yeah. they were previously doing, which was still really good. But, you know, I feel like this is when they really became a legit force yeah. to be reckoned with. Yeah, it was like their rubber sole. Yes, totally. So, so spot on. Like, yeah, it was when they were like, all right, we are ready to launch. And <laughs> here we go in five. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, they're, oh, that band just is a part of, how, yeah, God, um, of, of my, again, my heart. <laughs> I love music. <laughs> um, yeah, they are again so tender and so tough. And Georgia is just the hero of my life. <laughs> She's so fucking cool. And um, yeah, that record. Um, really messed me up i heard you know i can hear the heart beating as one as a teenager and that was like my gateway into it yeah. and you know i was obsessed with autumn sweater and like all that stuff but then i just kind of like fell into a vortex um and i think that's what their music is it's just like this it's it's so cohesive and it's so it's like it is structured but around it is just like this mist of like taste <laughs> if that makes sense yeah um like ira is just a fucking genius and 
Um, again, I guess I'm picking like the most tender songs on these like kind of like <laughs> rocky records. Like yeah. for me, I think that is so. I think because I'm like always, I feel like I'm just like this open, like vulnerable, like t it's too much sometimes. Like writing a vulnerable song for me is like not my problem. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> um, but I love this thing where like you're just this like, it's hard to see past the like veil of like rock and roll and coolness and like, you know, elusivity and then um like i love you like the whole of the law is like one of the best love songs i've ever heard in my life yeah. um it like yeah it makes me cry it's 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 just a perfect um it's so squid like it's it's ira letting you see that he's squishy inside Oh yeah, totally. It's a beautiful, beautiful song, and yeah, great pick. Great. Pick. <laughs> yeah, and then lot when yeah, seeing them live, it's like this whole other. Yeah, I think that they're a band that like their records are like so incredible, and they are their own thing. And then there's the then there's live Yola Tango, and there's like yeah. this whole um, life. They have just this. That's part of their their um existence as a band like it stands alone um and yeah i've like seen him close with that a bunch of times and i just like it's too much for me <laughs> yeah i never miss a yola tango show great live yeah. band what mm. an experience yeah yeah Next, Fiona Apple. I'll know mm. from When the Pond. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I purposely, like, left off this list, any Beatles or Elliot Smith, because I feel like um, people are going to expect me to talk about that if they care at all about what music I listen to. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know who the fuck I think I am, but I think they're just very talked about. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I talk about them a lot personally. So um, Fiona was someone that I, I was kind of, this is very interesting to think about because there are a lot of guys on this list. And I think I grew up in a space where I was most comfortable with the idea of men playing rock and roll and um, Fiona kind of scared me and I, I didn't know how to get down cause she is also punk and I fell into Amy Mann first and I'm still falling down that hole for the rest of my life. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I, <laughs> I actually really started revisiting like Amy Mann's entire catalog mm. last year and I'm still doing it. I have like all of her CDs and I listen to them in the car. She's an incredible songwriter. I feel like she's she doesn't get enough credit. 
she, she I feel like she only gets talked about when she's around and like has a yeah has a record out but I feel like she's I know. the best I she's can't so say cool. enough yeah can't so say enough cool. good things about her yeah and like yeah with her it was just um so accessible so quickly to me and then with Fiona she's so she has so much anger that I did not know how to access within myself for a very long time. And um, it wasn't until I reached that point of knowing, of, of feeling like I have anger that is at the, the brink of coming out and I don't know how to let it out. And John Bryan has also been um, like a, a huge influence on me. And I used to go to Largo every Friday and I was like, well, you know, one of those weirdos hanging out at Largo and <laughs> <laughs> um, watching him build his walls of sound and just being so musical and tasteful. But I think, again, you know, it took me being obsessed with a, a guy doing music that I was able to listen to Fiona Apple because he produced that record and um, when the pawn. Yeah. Um, and that record is, again, like very aggressive and i was so there was so much for me to hold on to melodically and musically and i had grown so comfortable with john bryan's production that i think i was able to finally let it in and i realized that she's like a prophet um <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah and again it's a rough record where she's like got a lot of fire and she's she's dealing with these her inner demons in terms of how destructive it can be um being close to someone and like love and just these things we we do to alienate ourselves um but you can hear in all her songs that she loves like deeply when she does yeah um and again the most tender song on the record i think um is i'll know um i was obsessed with paper bag and that taught me a lot about like just figuring you know i was like oh jazz chords you can like <laughs> you can play one chord and then a different chord on top and like <laughs> but <Whoa>. um, <laughs> yeah and my little like you know 19 year old brain um and then that song um again just so this is like account of being a woman and like holding space like you're like i fell in love with you and you are unable to meet me there and I'm just gonna have to hold it and like I will because I can and I am like a tender um woman <laughs> who loves <laughs> so intense I can't believe I said that um, <laughs> um but yeah she's like I'll like even if you like pass me by and like I have to hold it the whole time and you never even can acknowledge like that we love each other like i'll know <laughs> very well said very well said <laughs> all the time I'll know. 
So, this next one, Till I Die by the Beach Boys off of Surf's Up. Some really mm. beautiful harmonies on this song. And just a really a work of art, this track. Yeah. Uh, that record, you know, I, I am a huge Beach Boys person. Um, but that record um, kind of... I mean, Pet Sounds in a different part of my life changed my life, um, and it taught me about what um, you can do with production, and that recording is, you know, just this amazing um, alley of of medium. <laughs> um, but I think... Um, I want to make sure he wrote it. For me, the end of that record, the, la the last two songs on that record, I know Brian wrote um, Surf's Up, but the way that they flow into each other, um, and ha it's just like the most cosmically, um, it's it's such a simple song, um, but it, it kind of like captures <laughs> the entirety of like what it means to be alive. Um, and then we die <laughs> yeah i think this is the most depressing episode ever <laughs> are you okay <laughs> i'm good i'm good i'm enjoying it i'm here for this awesome awesome ride oh my god um but yeah just like the the reverb on that on that track and the lyrics and the harmonies it's just like it felt like it was like never even written like it kind of just always existed if that makes sense um yeah like i'm i'm tiny i'm a cork on the ocean like yeah, oh man yeah. i'm i'm just this little speck and i'm gonna be that until i'm gone and that is all it's a it's a really sad song and the fact that it also comes after a day in the life of a tree which i think may be the saddest yeah. song of all time i like can't <laughs> listen to that song and not cry this record so is sad. like i just yeah. think like this is when the beach boys got real yeah like they got honest and they you know they have so much um production wise that you know makes them this like magical thing and this record possesses that magic but it also is just like here's what it's like inside if that makes sense yeah what an album <laughs> truly surfs up kids go get it yes go get it all the young ones out there listening Courtney Marie Andrews next. She's on this record. Um, you selected Burlap String off of her 2020 album, Old Flowers. Everyone, this is an awesome new record that you should totally check out. It's so good. 
it's so good and how did yeah. you meet her because i know she's she's from phoenix she's based in in arizona how'd your mm-hmm. paths cross um we i was playing with olivia kaplan in her band and um olivia I think did like three sh- there was like a little string of shows that she got asked to open um and it was so fun i mean so fun playing with olivia and that was just a great experience but we yeah we were opening for her and um we ended up having some like really um awesome conversations and i was like that bitch is cool <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we like kept in touch um and you know, she when she came to LA, we hung out, and we just kind of like realized that like we're um, we exist on this level of humor that um, is is kind of another plane of existence. And I have that with a few people in my life, um, but um, she funny, and <laughs> um, we laugh. Oh, how we laugh! <laughs> um, but. She is one of those writers that is um, so, um, like, she goes all the way down in the purity well. Like, she yeah. loves music and she loves songwriting. And you can you can feel that in her, in the way that she write songs and also how she performs them like she is just a force and it was really inspiring to see her um you know because i i didn't really know her music and then all of a sudden we were opening for her and i was like oh shit like this girl can do it um but burlap string you know this last record she put out was so moving and um you know i won't speak for her but you know, it's in the press, a very transitional part of her life. Um, and the melody of this song, like, I can't believe that like passed through her. (laughs) She just like wrote this classically incredible timeless song. And that feeling of just like, you know, in that sunny kind of lens of like, yeah, it's gone now. And if I could go back, like, I would, I would be so much, I would be so much more tender, like with, with our love and careful with our love. Um, um, and yet here I am and that's just how it is. Um, I think it's a perfect song. Next, Hotel Arizona by Wilco off of Being There, their second LP. Yeah. Um, I felt like I needed, I was like, should I talk about Wilco? Everybody talks about Wilco. But <laughs> for a reason. Very important band. Very Dude. important band in the uh, history of 
music over the last three decades. Dude, one time I got really high in college with my friend, um, and we were just like, oh my god, like, this, we just like, you know, deep listening, where like the song ends and we like look at each other and we're like, oh, shit, shit. whoa, <laughs> whoa, man. Been there, but, been there, totally. <laughs> That's always fun. <laughs> but I think like, you know, we were listening to a Wilco album and then I, I was just like, He's today's John Legend, but I meant Lennon, <laughs> and it was like the the funniest. Like I I probably peed in my pants. Like, oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> so if I, you know Jeff, wherever you are, I just want you to know you are today's John Legend, and you should be so proud of that. <laughs> that is very funny. <laughs> um. But yeah, this track was one of the first tracks that my dad introduced me to Wilco. And I remember being like, you know, I was like eight. It was early. Wow. Um, and he was like, this record, like Summer Teeth is like really good. Like, and I was like, shut up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of, it was just you know, he's in charge of the DJing in the car. And then I was like, oh, nothing's ever going to stand in my way again. That's a pop song that I like. It, it penetrated the brain. And then I was in Wilco zone with dad. And then I got an iPod <laughs> for the first time. And it was so big. And I listened to that record on headphones and like that song was like the first time I ever like danced alone in my room in this like crazy way um the lyrics of that song um are so um tinged with like desert darkness yeah and like talking about like fame and having to adjust um, to how people relate to each other. And <laughs> then just like this super cool textured, like sonic build, like the way that band starts together. And then by the end, like, I don't know if it's like a harpsichord playing, but something's like, like they just jam out. And yeah. I was like, I want to jam. <laughs> the end. And so you did, <laughs> Jam. <laughs> yeah. Next final pick, More Than This by Roxy Music off of mm. Avalon, the band's final record recorded at the Power Station in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, again, Roxy Music, um, I associate, like, came, came about in a similar time in my life when I was discovering, like, Big Star television and Roxy music 
and I was like, these guys. Um, and, you know, I think their records um, dated themselves in this way that is like very um, special, I think. And just in the way that they were produced. But this song, um, I think, was, you know, again, like, he his brain must have opened up and, like, the gods sent it down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics yeah. of this song, like, play it at my funeral. It's just a perfect song. And I think it sums up everything I love about songwriting. Much communication in emotion Without conversation Or a notion Avalon All right, Joanna, it was so great having you on Look At My Records today. Everyone, Excelsior is her new record. It's out now. You can get a copy on Red Wine Smooch Vinyl via <laughs> Joanna. That's J-O-H-A-N-N-A. Samuels, S-A-M-U-E-L-S dot bandcamp dot com. Hey, the link is in the description of this episode. So click on it. Get yourself a copy. It's an awesome record. Joanna, Thank you. what's next for you now that the record is out there in the world? What's on deck? Uh, um, I'm about to make a new record. And oh I'm my really gosh. excited. I'm <laughs> stoked. Um, and then I'm hitting the road um, singing some songs for some people. Um, I can't tell you who they are yet but i'm so excited well that's exciting i'm very excited for that looking forward to seeing you on the road in new york city here yes so, yes i'll be back i'm always back there we'll see you soon everyone <laughs> get yourself a copy of excelsior joanna samuels.bandcamp.com we're gonna play one song to end the show I was thinking we could play Kathy since it's the last song on the record. Okay. Tender. Love it. Thank you, Joanna. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This was fun. My pleasure. You have good records. You're good at picking them. It's for none of us to- 
Free.